Hello everybody and welcome back to I Hate the IWC, a pro wrestling solo podcast where we talk about the hottest debates and topics in the world of professional wrestling. We analyse, we debate, I give my opinion, but of course the main purpose of the podcast is for you to form your own opinions and not to be influenced by the sometimes extremely toxic IWC. Today we're talking about why 2023 is a crucial year for AEW. I really want to do an AEW episode because the last few have all been WWE. Also, it's been a very long time since we did an episode of the show. Firstly, apologies for that. Um, I know at one point I said that we try and post at minimum every two weeks. Unfortunately, I'm in my third year of university and as anyone who's done uni will know, that's when the workload suddenly drastically increases Also, when I'm at uni, my house isn't really well suited to podcasting at all, so I just ended up having a little bit of a break, to be honest, get back on top of work and wait until I've come home now for the holidays and can do a little bit of recording. Just to give you an update on the plan, I think it's probably going to be like this for a couple more months now where I will be able to record a couple of episodes. I'm going to sit down today and over the next week and record a few, so there will be posts, but there may be a few sort of pre-recorded ones. Maybe we'll have to do a few like looking back episodes I've got a few ideas for stuff that like I could record now and post you know in a couple of months time stuff that won't become outdated if that makes sense not everything though I've got a few plans for stuff I want to talk about about the Royal Rumble etc and and, and everything coming up but things are just going to be a bit random until I finish university in June and then from June I'm planning on creating a full schedule at least once twice maybe three times a week posting every week and it'll all be up to date we'll be talking about the relevant things as they happen it's just for this next few months where it's going to be a little bit random so as always please do follow the twitter accounts that i've got down below my personal one at the zach roberts or at i hate the iwc the specific podcast account because that's probably the best way to know at the moment when a new episode is coming out but thank you for all the support anyway even when we've been taking a break we've just hit 900 followers we're nearly at k now on the podcast twitter account And also just randomly when I check Acast, we've got a load of views coming in for the show on on episodes that are multiple months old. So I'm not really sure how that works. And, you know, obviously they are outdated now, but if people still enjoy going back and listening to them, I really, really appreciate it. So thank you very much. Let's get into this episode of the show. So before we even get into talking about AEW, there is a bit of an elephant in the room that we just need to go over. Obviously, right now, all the talk is about WWE and the news of Stephanie McMahon leaving, Vince returning, and the potential sale maybe to Saudi Arabia, maybe elsewhere. So, and I understand why people may be a bit like, oh, why wouldn't you just talk about WWE, AEW? It's, it's gone a little bit quiet on that side as of late. My reasoning for not talking about the WWE thing yet is because it is literally all speculation. As soon as we've got some definitive answers on the situation, I'll be the first one here ready to talk about it. I really want to do this style of video for WWE, maybe not sort of why 2023 is crucial, but why the next era is crucial, and obviously things like whether Triple H will be there and and etc, etc, will make a huge difference to that. So I don't want to sort of make that video now, obviously, this isn't a news podcast. If you want to get up-to-date information, I'd recommend following Sean Ross Sapp and Fightful. You guys know who the good wrestling journalists are, obviously. This is more, I'd describe it as pub talk. We just have a chat and debate stuff, and I, I don't think it's fun necessarily to d- debate that yet because we've got literally no idea. I could sit here and say, oh, well, it could go to Disney, and, and this is the good stuff and this is the bad stuff about that. You know, Saudi Arabia could buy the company, Here's what's good, 
spoiler, there isn't much good about it. Here's everything that's bad. That would be a very long podcast, as you can imagine. I'd have a lot to say on that. Um, but I, I just thought I'd rather save that episode for when we know a few more answers. So there is going to be WWE content. The next episode is going to be my top five picks to win the Men's Royal Rumble. So, you know, I, I'm still, I'm really excited for the Royal Rumble. My excitement was dented a little bit the other night with the Saudi Arabian news, but that's gone a bit quiet again and we've not heard anything of Triple H stepping down. So I'm still optimistic that we can get a very, very good Rumble with quite a few decent potential winners this time around. So do stay tuned for that. That'll be coming in probably about a week's time or so. But anyway... That's not the purpose of this. We're here to talk about why this is a massive year for AEW, and I really think it is. I thought 2021 was incredible. I loved AEW at that point. The debuts they had, the quality of wrestling, the quality of pay-per-views was fantastic. 2022, though, I wasn't as into it, to be honest, and I think a lot of people would agree on that. I think a combination of they just weren't as good as 2021 and 2021 AEW is a high bar so that's not a massive criticism there was a lot of good stuff last year from AEW I think a combination though of that also the controversy with CM Punk and everything and just and just a few a few little snags on Tony Khan's record I don't think helped him and I think emphasized the point that some of those sort of trolls shall we say for lack of a better word on Twitter used to try and put him down that a couple of them started to feel like they were maybe coming true a bit and, and I do like Tony Khan but it wasn't a perfect year for him and then also the sort of resurrection of WWE with the Vince leaving and Triple H taking charge and how well they started doing I think it all took a little bit of AEW's momentum but there were a lot of opportunities this year for them to regain that momentum and get off to a flying start. So I've come up with five reasons. I'm going to go through them, not necessarily in any particular order, but there's one point I really want to start with, and we're just going to go from there. So here we go. The first thing that is crucial to this year that is going to really affect the company is WWE's sale. So there is one pretty massive variable with this situation, and it is the success and popularity of the WWE sale, and whether the reaction is positive or negative from fans. Now, anyone who knows me knows I'm a big advocate for ending tribalism and picking sides in wrestling. I just think, enjoy what you want to enjoy. If you want to watch every single company in the world, watch every single company in the world. If you have one company and you will only ever support them, just enjoy it. Don't don't sort of rag on other companies. Don't wish for other companies' downfalls. Just enjoy the company you like then. It's, it's not an issue. Unfortunately, however, tribalism is a thing. You know, people are at war. You have to pick a side nowadays. You have to have a favorite. You know, me making an AEW podcast episode, for example, people will see that in their feed and think, oh, so this is just one of those AEW fans doing another podcast. No, if you look closely, I, I like both WWE, AEW. I don't watch a lot of it, but I do like wrestling outside of both of those companies as well when, when I can catch some of it when I've got a chance to um, but you know people like to pick sides and when AEW first started gaining fans when it started as a company it was because people were starting to get fed up with WWE I mean people had already got fed up but they wanted a proper alternative an American product that was similar but was a little bit more pure felt more like an indie show more freedom uh, you know a better quality for the wrestlers in terms of their career 
um, and their creative licenses. And that's why people moved over to AEW in the first place. Nowadays, obviously, WWE, I think, won a lot of fans back when Vince left, um, and it's probably more heavily weighted towards WWE. However, a lot of this point is based off of the reaction to the news that Saudi Arabia could be buying WWE that broke a few nights ago. When that broke, and obviously it's turned out that might not be true, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but the reports that were coming out the other night were obviously just rumours that we all got a little bit too excited about. However, the reaction online was very much from pretty much everyone I saw on Twitter, if WWE is bought by Saudi Arabia, we're not going to watch the product. Now, very easy to say that online. Very easy in today's day and age and an era to feel like you have to say that online as well. Um, but maybe not everybody would stop watching, but I, I reckon the feeling was so strong that WWE would lose a lot of support overnight if that happened. That is a massive opportunity then for AEW to basically swoop in and do what they did back when they were first established and just take a whole load of fans right like that. People who are desperate for an alternative to WWE who aren't quite ready to make the jump because you know WWE's been there for a lot of us. It's, it's always there. It's always present in our lives. We all enjoy it. So you know, if you are one of those who believe you can only watch one wrestling product, then moving from WWE to another one is a big step. But if WWE is sold to someone or makes a decision throughout the sale, like, for example, to reinstate Vince to get rid of Triple H or, I don't know, maybe some of the talent disagree with the sale and decide to leave, there could be a number of different things that could happen regarding this that could cause a mass jump of people to look for a different wrestling product. And I say look for a different wrestling product because... Just think, people like our age, like I'm 21, when you get to this age, if you're a wrestling fan, it's very difficult to just stop watching. Some people will, but I'd say the majority of people who may feel forced to not watch WWE would want an alternative product, and AEW is the closest we've got. It's bigger and has bigger names than Impact. It's obviously very different in terms of style, etc., to New Japan. It is closer to WWE in the sense that it's Americanized wrestling. It's on television. It's easily accessible. There's a lot of, you know, if you wanted an introduction to AEW, there's a lot of former WWE talent already there. That is their opportunity. If this WWE sale is messed up, you have to capitalize and become what you were three years ago. The people's company, the company that the marks and that everybody, you know, the super fans, etc., were rallying for because it just feels like that momentum has gone slightly this is your chance to get it back so that is my first point of why this could be crucial for AEW and it's something that is essentially out of AEW's hands the sale could be a real success the sale might not even happen but if it does and it's not they need to take advantage which leads me on to point number two they need to fix the hierarchy system as well not necessarily you need a massive shift I believe a creative writing team needs to be established that is more than just the wrestlers having a serious input and Tony Khan having the final say, which is the impression that from the outside you get looking in at AEW. But I, I just think in general, the CM Punk situation was a mess and it caused a lot of people to have doubts about AEW. And as I said before, when I was talking about Tony Khan, 
some of those suggestions that people who are anti-AW made with that Tony Khan wasn't cut out to run a wrestling company, he wasn't ready to deal with the personalities within wrestling, he didn't really know what he was doing, he was sort of playing with toys, you know, in in his playroom and just, you know, having a good time and he wasn't ready for when, you know, um, authority needed to be established. That sort of proved it. It was a mess. We ended up, obviously, the Elite won the trio's titles, they then had to immediately have them stripped and were taken off TV for ages. CM Punk just won the world title, had it stripped. We haven't seen him back. Obviously, CM Punk is probably AEW's biggest get ever. I mean, people will argue that. Uh, it, it, you know, you could, you know, I, he's he's the biggest get in terms of draw, in terms of the moment. I, I still think it's one of the greatest wrestling moments ever. That pop in Chicago when he turned up. I guess in terms of like what they've done for the company he's not because someone like John Moxley has just carried that company so you could argue in that sense he's the biggest get but CM Punk was the big name CM Punk was the one that even people who didn't want to like AEW had to turn around and say nah I've got to watch Rampage tonight I'm not missing CM Punk's return and, and everybody loved it until it's now gone sour and it's ended up being a really bad stain on AEW's record this needs sorting this year. And I'm not saying you have to reinstate CM Punk. I'm not saying you have to fire CM Punk. I'm not saying this whole thing is about Punk. But we need more of a hierarchy. We, we need it to be more structured. And that and that goes for everything. You know, I guess maybe, maybe titling this point, need to fix the hierarchy is slightly incorrect. You just need to become more sensible and a little bit more WWE-esque in terms of like professionalism. You know, if a, if a good wrestler is released, you don't just have to get them. And hey, we're going to get on to a, a women's wrestler who has recently been released, who they haven't done that with, to be fair. So I, I don't think I need to I don't think I need to give you any clues into that. We, we're going to talk about her later and stuff. And, and there are some examples where maybe they do need to jump the gun and just bring someone in. But not every time, you know, they signed a lot of talent, a lot of talent that now isn't really doing a lot. Um Obviously, I mean, Tony Khan bought a whole nother company, Ring of Honor. Was that the best move? I mean, for wrestling fans, for Ring of Honor fans, I'm sure a lot of them are very, very happy because it was a, a company that was in a lot of financial trouble and he bailed them out of that. But for AEW purists, you know, it, it's a little bit, it gets a little bit messy. A few too many title belts, a little bit confusing now. You know, I, I don't know. I think there have been some interesting decisions that probably haven't been ruthless enough that have been made by Tony Khan with his wrestling fan head on rather than businessman head. And I just think that needs stamping down this year. Tony Khan is in charge. He needs to make you know more mature decisions. I think he needs to screw his head on a little bit um, because there were mistakes made last year. But most importantly, just cement him as the sole figure. You can't be having the elite, you know. I know, I know the whole uh, EVP term and everything like that. And there obviously are going to be wrestlers who were there since the start who have got a position of seniority, and that's fine. You know, they always said about the Undertaker was the head of the locker room in WWE. It's fine to have standout figures, but the influence that they had was becoming too powerful, I think, and that's what caused everything to kick off in the first place. It needs to be restructured. You need to just feel as a fan when you start watching an AEW show that on screen, you know, the potential of the show can be fulfilled because everything is sound backstage. 
that's all I'd say on that. Again, people will debate it. We don't fully know what's happened, but there were just issues last year that stood out that I just think stamp them down and you'll be in a really good position going forward. So that point was a little bit less structured. It was more of just a general appeal to AEW to sort themselves out and use 2023 as a major year of growth for their company, for their management, for their talent, etc, etc. Point three is a lot more direct and I'm not actually going to talk that much about it. I'm actually going to read a What Culture article I found made in November about it, but AEW needs to sort their TV deal because their current TV deal with Warner Brothers Discovery is expiring. So I'm just going to read out this article for you right now and then just talk very quickly about it. AEW's television rights deal with Warner Brothers Discovery is due to expire towards the end of 2023, and one of Fightful Select sources at the network would be shocked if the Tony Khan helmed promotion isn't offered a new one. On the AEW slash Warner Brothers relationship, Fightful had previously reported on Discovery's general happiness with the AEW product and how it has performed well and has plans for a new behind-the-scenes documentary effectively expanding the partnership. Now a Warner Brothers source has indicated excitement to the outlet. That same source would be shocked if AEW isn't offered a renewal with a significant increase on their rights fees. AEW currently earns around $44 million annually from the deal. Signed in 2019, that deal precedes Warner Media's merger with Discovery, which took place earlier this year, sparking rumours on AEW's television future. Per Fightful, AEW and Warner Brothers have been extremely collaborative and open to input from one another, with their source claiming 2022 has been a huge rebound year when it comes to interest in wrestling. With the current deal running through 2023, negotiations over a new television rights deal for All Elite Wrestling are expected to commence early next year, aka this year. Khan's promotion currently airs its two mainline shows on Warner Brothers Discovery properties, with Dynamite going out on TBS every Wednesday and Rampage shown on TNT on Fridays. Those in the know have predicted a healthy increase in rights fees for AEW over the past few years, given Dynamite's strong performance on Wednesdays. The flagship show routinely finishes amongst the night's top five most-watched cable shows, with, ex with exceptions typically coming during periods of heavy competition like major sporting or news events. Rampage, airing in its awkward 10pm Friday slot, has declined considerably since its August 2021 debut. Nonetheless, the hour-long remains amongst the best-performing shows in its time slot. So, essentially, I've not really got much to add on that point, just that needs sorting. And you need a positive TV deal, you need to be earning more money, really. It sounds like, from that report and from Fightful sources, Warner Brothers are happy, so would be likely to offer them an improvement. If that's not the case, find somewhere else to go. I'm not here, look, I'm not an expert on finances, I'm not an expert on television and all of that sort of stuff, but... This is obviously a big year because they'll they'll sign a multiple year deal, make sure it's the right one, and while we're at it, please do something to fix Rampage. You know, and, and that this can be a sort of a double sided point um, about the television deal and Rampage. Nobody wants to watch it. It's on too late, especially here in the UK. It's only an hour, and it just isn't really that good. It's not important. It really feels like the B show, please either move its time slot, make it better. You know, add add matches that make you have to watch Rampage. E even if like we watched it in the morning after, we didn't stay up for it. But so often, I wake up on a Saturday morning and I'm like, should I watch Rampage? And I have a quick scroll of Twitter, and I don't even see spoilers for it, which says to me if I'm not seeing spoilers for it when I scroll Twitter in the morning, 
people aren't even caring enough to tweet about it. It's a missed opportunity. You know, Dynamite, I love Dynamite. I'll always watch Dynamite. It's great. Rampage, you've got potential there. I mean, Dark, Dark Elevation, whatever, all your YouTube shows, I don't really care. I think they're actually a really good idea because they don't really affect the main stories. Um, so you don't have to watch them. But for people who want extra content, it's there. It also gives wrestlers a chance to get a little bit of early exposure. It helps their win-loss records because obviously... If you're going to have win-loss records, you need people having a good amount of matches per week or per year, sorry, or whatever. Um, and, you know, it's for people who want extra wrestling. It's there. It's enjoyable. But, yeah, Rampage needs sorting, and the TV rights deal needs signing. I'm not going to go into too much detail because I'm not an expert on it, but we know that needs to get sorted. It needs to get sorted early. Make more money out of it. Make it nice and long so you've got security as a company. And that was a much more straight-to-the-point point than the other one. Which leads us on to point number four, Mercedes Monet, a.k.a. Sasha Banks. So I'm just going to refer to her as Banks just for ease because that's what most people know her as. So apologies if that really annoys you or anything. So Banks, I, I don't want to pin like 2023 for AEW specifically on you have to get Monet slash Banks. It's not essential, you know, she's picked New Japan to start out her post-WWE career at. Obviously, New Japan and AEW has a fantastic relationship. You'd imagine there'll be a Forbidden Door show number two this year as well. So even if she did sign on permanently with New Japan, she could still appear at an AEW show. I just think this is a very, very big opportunity to fix the women's division. Now, AEW's women's division has always been poor. That's no secret. I've found it very, very difficult to ever even become invested in it like it's just always been second thought and it's hard for wrestling fans then you know you feel like you want to enjoy women's wrestling women's wrestling is fantastic when it's done right banks and belair in a mania main event was incredible it's one of my favorite moments i've watched live watching wrestling and aw's never really given it a go because it has always felt like a company that was made by men and they prioritize men's wrestling which is wrong but it just is what it is. And, you know, that's not saying that nothing good has ever come out of the women's division. And there's potential there. There's some fantastic talent. But this is probably the biggest opportunity yet. And I know I said before, do not rush to sign people just because WWE have released them. But this is probably the biggest deal in terms of free agents in women wrestling history. Obviously, you've got massive names like Trish Stratus and Lita from the past etc etc but the biggest names for me ever in women's wrestling will probably always be the four horsewomen because of the change that you know they underwent the change that they brought about not Stephanie McMahon it was them um, and others obviously but they were the forefront of it they have really really started the women's revolution they've main evented pay-per-views main evented manias They've been fantastic. You know, they had a all-women's pay-per-view. All of it came about really through Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. And this is the first time that one of them has actually left the company and properly left now. We were all wondering, you know, will she go back to WWE? No, she is committed. Now, this is a story for another video, but I still think she will end up at WWE one day, maybe even this year. But AEW would be absolutely mental not to put everything they've got into trying to bring her in. She would be the face of the division. Obviously, you've already got Soraya there, who I think 
can be that you know she's got that star power although maybe uh, well there's no maybe about it she's still not got anywhere near the star power that sasha banks slash mercedes monet has if you bring her in you can put that belt on her immediately she'll have fantastic matches and it'll be the first time that people actually tune into AEW for the women's wrestling and it's not just a case of oh it's the women's match now okay because it's so backwards it's such a backwards view and it makes me feel sad saying it because we're better than that as a wrestling community but i don't think it's the wrestling fans fault for not being invested in the women's division that much it's so obviously the second string division but to tie down monet get her on a load of money strap the rocket to her give her the belt she'll do half the job for you she will she'll carry the division anyone and you know there's so many people you want to see have a rivalry with her soraya Britt baker tony storm there's stuff there there's the possibilities are endless if you strap her down but not only that if you bring her in there is the potential for more down the line if you bring her in and she's successful other women will look at that potentially women currently in wwe especially going back to what we said earlier about how if they sail if they make the wrong decision, some talent will leave. They are going to look. And right now, there aren't many alternatives to WWE. And AEW doesn't feel like an alternative for women's wrestling because they haven't treated it well enough. This is your opportunity to change that. I cannot stress this enough. And my last point as well that I'm going to go on to is also highlighting a specific wrestler as well. I didn't want to make this entirely about highlighting what they have to do with specific wrestlers. But this would be a massive missed opportunity, especially when she's at New Japan. She's working with a company you have a solid working relationship with. I'd go right. I'd say right now, I do believe she'll wrestle an AEW show or something to do with AEW this year, whatever. Because I just think if you are wrestling outside of WWE at the moment, everything is so interlinked. But if you can tie her to a good contract, make her your champion, that'd be a huge step. So I really think Tony get on it it would really really help and that leads me to my final point and as i've already said it's again focusing on an individual wrestler it is of course the aew world champion maxwell jacob friedman mjf whose contract expires on january the 1st 2024 so you could say that this is a 2024 issue but i think if we're being honest we know that in 2023 a bidding war is going to commence between all the big companies that have a chance of affording MJF because he's one of the biggest young stars in professional wrestling. I believe he's 26, will be 27 by the time his deal expires. And he's an absolute megastar. We already know that. He's already a world champion. You could argue that his world title run still needs to get going. We're yet to have that really significant first feud. But it's coming and it will be great. We know that. He's so, so good. I think he's one of the best promos in wrestling I think we've all been surprised every now and then by his in-ring work. He's not. I think there are definitely a good handful of wrestlers out there who are better in-ring than him, but he's more than good enough to go and be a top, top star for any company. In fact, I think the point that a lot of people have made is he does suit WWE potentially more than AEW just because, I mean, obviously his promos would have to be a little bit more restricted in WWE, but his work style is more WWE-esque where... It's more about the promos and the character and obviously 
under the new regime, he'd be given more freedom. And you look at, like, say, the bloodline given more freedom and how good the talent is in there and how much, you know, they've just taken it and ran with it, Sammy and Roman especially, and Paul Heyman. MJF would just love that. He'd love that. But obviously, he already gets that in AEW. The difference in WWE is he'd be able to love that because he'd be getting more money, more exposure. He'd become a bigger star. So the appeal's there, but... I don't think it's over for AEW if WWE come in. AEW has money. AEW has the benefit of MJF has been there since the start. He'll always have that loyalty towards them. He also knows that they trust him. You know, they've always given him opportunities. They've always given him screen time. They've made him the world champion. I think he will re-sign with AEW. I also think you have to turn this into a storyline. It's difficult nowadays with the likes of Fightful and everybody to to know because you know they're probably going to spoil it and you know reveal when he signs a new contract but if you can turn it into a summer of punk 2011 sort of story where it's an if you know will he won't he re-sign oh there's so much potential but i just think more than just him as a wrestler i mean obviously as a wrestler he's a very very big gap he's so so good and i think aw have a few names like that that they really really can't afford to lose like for example brian danielson I don't think he's an AEW lifer. I think he'll go elsewhere and wrestle before he retires. But they could really, really do with keeping him. John Moxley, they they never want to lose John Moxley. Kenny Omega, the young boy. You know, there's a load of people they will never, ever want to lose. I'd put MJF very high on that list for me. But he is the one in serious danger. I don't know. There's a very strong possibility he leaves. I think he'll stay. But not only just as a talent is it important, it's important as a statement. You know, the day that AEW, you know, obviously AEW can attract wrestlers who were fed up with WWE, who wanted an alternative. But the day where AEW and WWE are going out and out, both trying everything to get a wrestler to sign for them, and AEW can start winning and comfortably, you know, just getting MJF, locking him down to that contract, and they have that appeal, is a massive confidence booster, and it's a massive sign to other wrestlers that AEW are serious. They're not here to mess about, obviously. They've been compared in the past to TNA, WCW. You know, AEW this year signing a new television deal, signing one of the biggest women's wrestlers of all time, re-signing MJF, the hottest talent who could go anywhere he wants and basically, you know, have a blank contract. He could earn whatever he wants because he's such a big star. As I've said, and this sort of brings the, the podcast to a conclusion, it's a very, very big year where they could make a lot of statement decisions. I'm fascinated. It's such a big year for wrestling. Every year, it feels like for the last sort of three, four, five, something happens where you keep on saying, oh, it can't get bigger. It can't get bigger. It can. And last year, you know, when the Vince stuff happened, you really thought it peaked. But even at the start of this year, you can guarantee that this is going to be one of the biggest years ever in wrestling. You know, the Vince stuff was all a big drama. But now, Vince coming back, WWE sale, aw just there ready to pounce who knows what the landscape of wrestling will be in 12 months time i think it's so interesting and that's why i love doing episodes like this and i really want to hear your guys' opinions you know talk to me about everything we've discussed talk to me about all the different companies all the different points let me know what you think aw needs to do this year let me know what they need to avoid doing do you agree with my points do you disagree on any of them let me know about future episodes, of course. As I said at the start of the episode, we are starting to grow a good Twitter following now, but given it's been so long since we did an episode of the podcast, I'm so interested to see how this will go down, and I really want to get your guys' feedback, especially on 
moving forward, what you'd like to see. As I said before, it's going to be a little bit random at the moment. I'm going to try and get loads of stuff out to do with the Royal Rumble because it's my favourite time of year. And then obviously we go into Mania season, so I'll be trying to get as much stuff out as possible. But if you do enjoy, please do follow the social medias because from June... I'm going to go all in with podcasts. I'm going to move the show to YouTube as well. I'm going to start doing Twitch. I've got so many good ideas. It's just a few more months sort of in limbo. But if you've enjoyed, please do share. Have a really good day, and I will see you all next time. Goodbye.